Hey, my name is Ryan McVitie, and I am the pastor of the River Worship. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. If you haven't heard about the river yet, it's an amazing move of God happening in the greater Toronto area. Yes, Toronto, Canada. It's a cold place, but we have warm hearts, and we love coming together every Tuesday night and worshiping the Lord with all we've got. We also get to dive into the Word, and that's where we're going to go right now. We're going to dive into the Word of God, and I trust and pray that it will impact you in a powerful way. If you're ever in the Toronto area, come visit us. We would love for you to worship with us together. But enjoy the message, and God bless you. But we have another guest who's a first-time guest tonight, and I hope that you'll give him a big, warm, I would say Canadian welcome as if he wasn't from here. Um, He's not originally from here, but this dude is very Canadian, all right? He told me some stories about places like Saskatoon and six-hour drives between Calgary and Saskatoon to go preach to people. That's some Canadian ministry, if I've ever heard of it. 
Um, his name is Pastor Sam Pickin. He's a pastor of a vibrant church called C3 Toronto. It's right in the heart of the city. I don't know but if, if you feel the same way I do, but, but the, the core of Toronto is one of the most underchurched places, maybe in the world, but definitely in North America. And C3 Toronto is doing a great work down there. He's an amazing man of God. He's got a beautiful family. He'll tell you about them. Um, his wife, Pastor Jess, is here tonight. Would you give her a big round of applause? All right, cool. I could talk to you about him all night, but I'm very excited to hear what his word is. Um, so would you give him the best, warmest river welcome we've ever given to Pastor Sam Pickin from C3 Toronto. Thank you. Oh, man. How many people love, can I call you pastors? Are you pastors? Do you call yourselves pastors? Pastor Ryan and Lindsay, aren't they incredible? Hang on, give me one second here. Oh, yeah, you can clap while I'm sorting the stuff out. No, uh, this is, this is, I just feel like felt God talking to me. And to start this, to see this, this is prophetic. This is absolutely, it's insane. It's, it's really dynamic. And as we're worshiping, I know this is called the river, but the most significant passage in the Bible from Ezekiel 47 is about a river flowing from the temple. And it's a prophecy from Ezekiel, and it's about the remnant. And it's about, it's essentially ushering in the spirit and bringing God's people back to their original intention. And it says this in verse 9, that the screens teams are probably like freaking out because I'm using scripture that aren't on my notes. But don't worry about it, guys. You guys are killing it. Um, and everybody's tripping out because you said I'm so Canadian, but I obviously don't sound like it. So I'm trying to talk about you, but everybody's thinking about, why does this guy sound like an Australian? I was born in Australia. Okay, now they got that out of the way. But in verse 9, it says this. It says, so the, he, he talks about this prophecy coming from the door, and Jesus is the door. So the, Jesus is the door of the temple, and the river comes from Christ, and it's a, a picture of heaven on earth. And it says this in verse 9. It says, Everywhere the river flows, there is life. That's what, that's what it says. And I, this, see, this is, this is why the pandemic sucked for church. Because this is heaven on earth. Not in isolation, coming together, every tribe, tongue, and nation in one place. This is truly an inauguration of the picture of what Jesus was saying. There is no other community group on the planet. Like you can go to concerts. There is no other community group where you have the rich and the poor economically, and we can argue what that is spiritually, but every tribe, tongue, and nation, young and old, doesn't matter what demographic, social class, anything, in one room, worshiping by one heart, in one voice, to one God. The Bible even calls this like it's a baptism. And this is what, I don't even know, when you explained it to us, the genesis of the river, it sounded like, you know, it was a bit of an accident. You're just like, you know, we just kind of started and this is no accident. How many people know this is no accident? This is prophetic. Come on, this is prophetic and you got to give God some praise. But you also got to give a little honor where honor is due. The fact that you were obedient and stood up and stood out in this and decided to do it. 
And it's just so awesome. And it's awesome that you're doing this on Valentine's Day. All the single people, that was so funny. And the little invites, I love that. Come, what was it? Come worship with Jesus with me. I'm procrastinating because I'm trying to like turn everything on here on stage. Uh, so, yeah, like how, how good is that? You find a date, bring them to church, come to the river. You're worshiping together. Who knows? Your hands might be lifted high. <laughs> hands might touch by intentionally. If you're lucky, you might even get a little pinky hold. Jesus together. Can try that. Look, if it doesn't work, it's just an accident. It's a crowded room. It's a crowded room. I didn't do that intentionally. I promise. No, that's awesome. Anyway, no. Pastor Jess is here. She, well, Pastor Jess. I don't call her Pastor Jess at home. She's just my wife. I don't call her my wife either. I call her Jess. Oh my gosh, where is this going? Well, I got a photo of my family. Um, so this is my family. This is uh, so. Little backstory. We have been in Toronto for ten years. We planted C three Church in downtown Toronto. And uh, we've got a couple of our family here in the, in the room. And uh, we originally were in Australia, came to Calgary first, then Toronto, part of C3 Church. It's a church group, a family of churches all around the world. It's about 600 C3 churches around the world. And, uh, and these are our kids. So Noah is the oldest. He's like the brainiac. Last Christmas, he learned how to solve a uh, Rubik's Cube uh, just on Christmas Day. That was like, you know, and he did it. And I was like, what the heck? He's nine. Kenzie's our creative. She cannot do two plus two yet. She's six, um, but she is amazing and creative and will literally paint your portrait. And uh, Ayla is our little two-year-old, nearly turning three, and she's just kind of finished potty training in the last few months, and that's been so fun. She loves, she's, uh, we have very strong kids, and she loves like telling daddy when she goes potty, and she has the little, um, I don't know where they're from, are they Ikea? Yeah, the Ikea potties, there's about 17 of them around the house because we're like, where is she going to poo next? Just put a potty under it. And, uh, and so, but it has the little detachment part and she wants to do everything herself. So she does it, picks it up and then runs it through the house. Daddy, look, look, I did poo poo. And um, it's crazy. So then we got a dog, Maisie, and now Maisie eats everything that she drops. And that's not a joke. It's really gross how much poo my dog has. Is this bad? Have I lost the crowd already? Oh, my gosh. All right. All right, turning your Bible uh, to, <laughs> from that note, um, Mark chapter 4. And it's a good segue into the title. The title is All Choked Up. Maisie. That's a... So... You don't want to be like Maisie, my dog. And we get, we get choked up on a bunch of stuff that we shouldn't have in our lives. And one of the most significant things, and the thing that I want to talk to you about, is hearing God's voice. Um, it, when preachers preach sometimes, they say things like, you know, I just heard it so clearly from God. I just did it before in terms of being in worship. And, and I hope that as you're approaching this year, 2023, I hope that you have a desire, and I'm basing this message off an, assu- off an assumption, that you have a desire to hear God's voice clearly. That there is a part of your life, now if you aren't a Christ follower in this room, and you're being in this worship and you're starting to sense, what is this? What are all these people about? And that's beautiful, and I'm so glad that you're here. And maybe you've never considered that God created you, that He is real. 
and that we don't serve a dead God. He is an alive God. He rose again from the dead and he created you and he loves you and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. You may have never considered that before and I hope that you're pondering that fact tonight. But more than that, because Christianity is a set-apart religion on the planet where, we, where God is not a God that wants to be separate or distant from you and I. God, out The God that we serve, the only God, Yahweh, desires proximity. He desires close. He desires in your heart. And if you've never thought about that before, you need to understand that it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've come from, even what you were meddling with over the weekend, that God wants and desires relationship with you and wants to speak with you very intimately about your life. It is an amazing thing that the one that created the universe that said, let there be light and light came out of his mouth, that created the universe, that the, a God so big like that desires intimate relationship with you and I. It's amazing, remarkable. It should blow your stinking mind. Like there is so much faith in this room. The fact that when you pray, you actually believe in your spirit that God in heaven hears it. Man, you have a lot of faith. Turn to the neighbor next to you and say you got a lot of faith. And so we've, we've, my wife and I, our family, we've just been away. We just, we're celebrating 10 years as a church. And as we were coming up onto the 10th kind of year, we were decided to take a long vacation to Mexico. Anyone been to Mexico? Woo! Cool. Hola. So hanging out in Mexico, eating lots of tacos and stuff. And so God's speaking to us about, you know, really wanting to hear God's voice while we're away. And I had a really strong expectation going into 2023 that I would hear very clearly God's word for my life. I don't know what your prayers are. I don't know how you feel about hearing God's voice. I don't know whether you feel that you're in a desert season or anything like that right now. But I'm here to encourage you and we're going we're gonna to deal with some stuff tonight and it's going to really help you gain clarity on God's voice. Anybody want that? Seriously. Whenever I go to the planning team and I'm like, what preaching series should we preach on? What should I be talking about? Without a shadow of a doubt, every single time, there's always a suggestion. How about we do, we haven't done this in a while. How about we do a series about how to hear God's voice? It's because we, we desire, we desire him. He created us and we want to be close to him. And, and so while we're away and God really spoke to me about Mark chapter 4 and really spoke to me about the parable of the soils for anyone that's a Christian and knows this and I'm going to explain it to you if you've never heard the story before. But from this parable, God spoke to me clearly about some of the conditions of my heart. And from what I understand over the last number of weeks, you have been talking about your heart. And so through this, now, when, that, when something is vital in your life, it, it, it matters if it's impeded. So how many people believe that sight is vital? Okay, four. Cool. Well, it is. And, uh, and you know, it's something that unfortunately some people, you know, struggle with or, or for under difficult circumstances don't have. But, but it's a it's it's like a miracle that you see so if something comes into your eye what are you going to do when when anything flies into my anyone have like a speck of dust fly in your eye or something like that what do you do you can't you're paralyzed you can't do anything next you literally stop and you're like 
and it's the most annoying thing. I don't know what strategies you were taught when you were growing up. I was taught the whole like lift your eyelid, put it over the other one. I swear that just makes it worse. Like I really don't understand that strategy. The whole like jump in underwater and try whatever you do, but you stop in life to deal with it. If you get a rock in your shoe, what do you do? You take your shoe off, got to get the rock out. Because like, you know, walking and everything, it's pretty vital. Breathing, like when, when we're away playing in the pool and my little three-year-old is like jumping on my back and wants to play in the swimming pool when we're away in Mexico, like she does this thing and she kind of just puts her hands like right there around my neck and I, can, I can't do anything because she's like choking me out. Like seriously, I don't like what, like my daughter's trying to train like in MMA or something and I'm like, so just get her back, just dunk her under the water a bit and just, you know, she releases. No, that was a joke. I don't do that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so, but the deal is, is when something vital is like under and it's impeded and something comes in and it's affecting that, we can't just go ahead and try, try and keep moving. We have to deal with the thing. And hearing God's voice is the most vital part of our Christianity. Hearing his voice and getting clarity on his voice, and it should be the thing that you and I, at the beginning in February of 2023, coming out of the pandemic and everything, and all the drama that's going on in your life, a concern, a high concern for you ought to be hearing God's voice. Now here, before I go any further, I want to give you a promise from Deuteronomy chapter 30, where it says this. Now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult or beyond your reach. The word is very near to you. One of the problems that I have as a pastor in Toronto, and I'm kind of coming to this message today as a bit of a pastor. I see myself, I see you as Torontonians or Ontarianians or wherever, that, that we're, we're each other's people. And God started speaking to me about a, a, heightened, a heightened frustration that Canadians are having because there is something that's choking out hearing God's voice over their lives. And why don't we talk about it a little bit tonight, maybe deal with it a little bit and see how it goes. But one of the lies is that God's word is not close. And Deuteronomy says the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. It's there. Friend, if you're like, man, I, I don't know if I've ever heard God's voice. I don't know, like, you know, this season that I'm in right now, maybe I used to hear God's voice. The last time I had a word from God was... I'm here to help you tonight. Somebody give God some praise. All right. So if it's close, what's the problem? What could be wrong? Now, in Mark 4, for the sake of time, little summary, there's these four soils, and the way that we look at these is these four conditions of the heart. There's a runway here. I might as well use it. <laughs> Woo! Oh, it lit up. How many people have been coming to the river and just have always wanted to come up here and use this runway? Is there anybody? You, come up here. I'll give you permission. Just right now, I'm fulfilling dreams tonight. Right? What's your name? Peter. Peter. Let me pray for you. Reach your hands out towards Peter. Ryan's definitely not inviting me back. <laughs> Father, I pray for Peter, and I pray that he lives up to his name in Scripture. Lord God, I know that Peter in Scripture made many mistakes, and Peter, you would think that sometimes you make mistakes, but I love the boldness that you came out. That lives up to your name. So be that rock that Jesus can build his church on. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Bless you. Be careful. Okay. So, four soils. Four soils. 
the first two soils are kind of like uh, somebody that's relatively new to Christianity. So one of the soils is the hard path. It's the birds come away and steal it. One of the soils is shallow soil. Some, someone hears a word from God, gets saved, gets very excited about it. And then due to the pressures of life, um, it's shallow and it's not rooted and, and it gets taken away. And then the third soil and the fourth soil are, are often soils that Christians dip in and out of these two other soils. So the, the, let's read about the, the third soil. So Mark chapter 4, verse 18 and 19 says this, Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke, hence the title of the message, choke the word, making it, unfruitful okay what did we read there it's like weeds in our heart they hear the word but the worries of life of living in whitby toronto niagara muskoka i don't know where you're from um saskatoon but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things the worries of life the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire of other things now you're a human I'm a human. You and I have a propensity to always dip in to this side where we get a weedy heart. Then your neighbor sitting next to you might have a weedy heart, some weeds going on. Likely, nearly every single one of us in this room has something that God would like to identify and say, hey, that doesn't belong there. So your heart and my heart is a throne. And we have to be careful that, uh, that God is number one on that throne. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and 6 is where God gives the law and it's, it's mirrored with Exodus and the Ten Commandments are in there and everything. But God basically, He says this, He says, You shall love, this is the first commandment, you, you, you got to serve God alone. You shall love the Lord your God alone. And the second commandment is have no other idols. And so what God is saying is, and, and our God is the only God in any religion that demands complete loyalty by the eradication of every other God. If you serve, if you are in Buddhism, you can add gods. Our God says, not me. And the way I know it's me is by none other. And how can he demand that he can be solely worshipped alone? Well, he proved himself as create like he says i am the great i am that i am but he did it through the story that we read with the israelites he proved himself by setting them free he proved himself by parting the red sea he proves so he proves it then he says and i'm a jealous god this is all in deuteronomy chapter five i'm a jealous god so there could be something existing in my heart when i was away and i was praying and i was like lord and he said sam i am jealous right now And I'm like, huh? And he's like, Sam, there is stuff in your heart that I didn't put there that I would like to bring the, now for any gardeners, any gardeners in the room? How many people know what Roundup is? Okay, for anyone that doesn't know, if you go to Home Depot and you ask them, how do I deal with weeds? They might take you and sell you some Roundup. Okay, so I feel like there's some Holy Spirit Roundup in the atmosphere tonight that God is wanting to just highlight. Now, listen. We're not counting weeds tonight, all right, because there's no condemnation under Christ Jesus. So as we're going through this, this is a mode to be free so that you and I can hear God's word and hear it clearly. 
And I don't care if this is your first time to the river or if you've been a number of times. I don't care if you're 16 years old or you're 66 years old. Like, that there could be something that the Holy Spirit wants to highlight. And I know that walking out of here, that I believe that you will hear God in these last two songs, that you will hear God clearly, that there is a word for you in heaven, potent, just doing, just waiting to land. You know, I've, I feel like it's like the dove with Noah's ark. It's like the dove's just waiting to land. Amen. So a good question is what's on the throne of your heart? Rich Wilkinson Jr., he runs a church called Vu Church. He says it like this. He said, the worst advice that anyone can give anyone is follow your heart. You know, your heart is jacked up. Turn to the person next to you and say, you got a jacked up heart. That's not a good thing. All right. So Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, that sucks. You got one. Do you know you have a heart? <laughs> Just as like my husband doesn't sometimes. Um, Matthew 15, 19 to 20 says this, Jesus, this is Jesus talking, for out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. So God wants to occupy the throne of our heart. And we read that it's the worries of this life it's the deceitfulness of wealth. It's the concerns and it's the lust for other things. And if we could be honest with ourselves and, and, and repentant just a little bit, it could be the best cleanse that you ever did in 2023. And some of you may have done some cleanses. So we're going to get the roundup out. So I read this study from, it's a post-COVID study from the Angus Reid Institute about the fears that Canadians face. And I'm reading through these fears, and this just shows the worries of life. And so obviously, the economy, the fear of recession right now, and this is a post-COVID study. You know, interest rates, the prime rate for, and um, maybe I'm talking to people with mortgages now, um, so I might have just lost some of the room, but, uh, but prime rate's gone up like four points. And like, so mortgages are skyrocketing, and the fear of recession is a real deal. Do you know that's a concern of this world? What about, you know, we were reading articles about like Gen Z and Gen Z, like money issues is a huge worry for any Gen Z looking for jobs because, because Gen Z has realized with the access of technology about how messed up the world is and, and, and fears that they won't be able to live the life that they can truly live unless they have enough money. Does that relate to anybody in the room? Can anybody, do I have any honest people in the room? You're just a little worried that you might not be able to fulfill what you would like to fulfill in life for, for the sake of lack. Anybody? Come on, let's be honest here. Amen. Okay, we're all in this. A real fear is bad, dangerous, and dishonest people. So we're constantly looking over our shoulder, not really trusting people, even the people in our own home. We can get cynical and skeptical about people, and it's a, it's a legitimate fear ranked from this survey. Parent security is in kids' education in modern times, child safety, future security. What about this one? In terms of failure or fear of what other people think. That's obvious. The worries of this world, fears of what other people think, reputation, um, being liked by other people, mental health. How do I deal with this thing? I'm not sleeping. How do I turn my brain off? I don't know what all these fears are going on. Justice, the concerns across the world, that's a, that's a huge fear. Do you know justice is a fear of this world? Because God is judge. 
And justice is only his concern. Our concern is to point people to him. Amen. So I want to, and you know, there's heights and spiders. There's even this weird one that I don't really understand. I think it comes from like Halloween, like door knocking, but fear of bad candy. So I don't, I don't know if that's like messed, someone ate bad candy and was like, I'm doing the study. That's a real fear. Um, but John 14 verse 17 says this, this is a really great scripture to help with all of the above. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, hang on a second, River. Why is there so many troubled hearts in this room then? What is going on? What are we listening to? What is going on? All right. So our heart stays clear when we circulate the right story. I want to give you this just quickly. So in Deuteronomy chapter 6, they say, worship God alone. And then it says, do this. Get the law. Find it on your hearts. Tie it on your hands. Write it on your forehead. Bind it to the door on your gates. And it's like, put it everywhere. Circulate the right story. What? is the right story so you you and i have a bunch of worries and a bunch of concerns in our life is this helping anyone so far okay we identifying there is another story and it's a god story and as we circulate the right story we start to get a perspective shift of how big god actually is can i just remind you now if you have never read the bible everything i say is history and it's true but it's going to blow your mind There was once this guy in Egypt, and he was a tyrant. And he actually had a whole generation of people in slavery completely where they had to build and and, and they were complete. They had no way of living the life they wanted to live. They were literally being lauded by this tyrant, someone that was stopping them from their potential, from the call of God on their life. But God had a plan. God came and sent a man called Moses. And Moses came and said to let my people go. And then after that, God, they they faced another impossible problem to be able to get across an ocean when they had an army of people coming to take them out. And so God parted this thing called the Red Sea. And so right now, the walls of this sea are are both on either side of 1.5 million people walking through the bottom of this ocean like whales are swimming by. Dolphins are jumping over their heads like it's crazy seen in the... That part wasn't true, Um, but... Maybe. Um, so, and then they get through this. But if you know your Bible, there's a story that we should circulate because when you look at all those other things and you look at the worries and the anxieties and the fear of recession and everything, we tell each other and we tell each other these stories. Hey, have you heard about what happened to this kid? Have you heard? Did you see what happened in the news? Hey, have you heard about what the bank is doing right now? Hey, have you heard about how hard things are? Hey, have you heard? And we circulate these stories. And as we're perpetuating this story, we're elevating a fear greater than the God. So even fear is occupying the throne of our heart but the story didn't just stop there once they got through the red sea they had a food problem but god solved that with manna then they had a water problem moses struck a rock and a whole river came flowing out of that rock and they started to actually and then their shoes didn't wear out and then god said god provided a cloud by uh, day to shelter them and a fire by night but then it didn't stop there they got through the jordan river they got into the promised land and that is just part of the old testament how big is God? I'll get the band. You, got, you can start to make it spiritual. The, num- the, number one, the number one fear ranked on this study was the fear of death. But how many people have read the Bible into the New, New Testament? 
Because there's a God story that we can circulate. And the God story lands on God coming from heaven. Because the Israelites in the promised land had a sin issue. And they couldn't deal with the sin issue. And there was like kind of no way for the human being's soul and their spirit to actually be right with God. So he sent Christ down and Christ dealt with this thing called death. And he came and he went into a tomb. And the ministry of the tomb is him actually dealing with the most hopeless situation. And I know you're facing a hopeless situation. And I know that you're facing problems. But there is nothing more hopeless than three days in a tomb. And that's why Jesus came out and said, I'm the resurrection and the life. So that if you could circulate this resurrection story around your life, then all of a sudden all things become possible in God. And these weeds are growing up in our heart. And I'm empathizing with you. And I'm crying out to you and standing in the gap for you to say, you don't have to live with those weeds. Holy Spirit doesn't want you living with those weeds. The anointing is present in this room to see the weeds being pulled out of your heart so you can be free to hear God clearly. Last point, pure hearts see God. David said, uh, no, Jesus said it like this and he summarized everything that I was going to preach today in this sentence in the Bible. He said, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. Come on, give God some praise. Why not? And David said, said it like this, Psalms 51 verse 10, creating me a pure heart. Because he desired proximity with God. He said, creating me a pure heart, renew a steadfast spirit with me, within me. Now, the, the word pure there, if you look it up, the word pure in the Bible doesn't mean what is there. The word pure means, actually, in order to define it, it's what's not there. So you could argue, you and I could argue this water is pure. And yet it's pure because it's water, but how many people know that just because you define something as water doesn't mean it's pure? So if you define water as pure water, you only define it by what's absent from it. There is no disease in it. There is no dirt in it. You know, filtered, whatever. It's kind of like a filter. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would renew in us. And this is our prayer as we end tonight. And this is the prayer that I'm, I'm hoping that you pray for yourself before God. The same prayer that David prayed. Lord, create in me a pure heart. And then Jesus says, blessed are the pure at heart, for they will see. And I know that if you come to God with honest confession, felt to really feel this burden this year to bring this, because even through the pandemic, man, we've brought on some worries of this world. And you know, the deceitfulness of wealth is that wealth promises what only God can deliver. The deceitfulness of wealth is says, hey, 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 me, I'm mammon. If you have enough of me, you're not going to have that concern. You're not going to have that worry. That's what mammon does. Mammon is an antichrist spirit. Jesus isn't in the blue corner and the devil in the red corner. Jesus isn't threatened by the devil in your heart. But he is threatened by mammon. Jesus finds it hard to get our hands off idols. 
And the biggest idol in Western culture is the spirit of mammon that promises the way, the truth, and the life. Mammon promises the same thing Jesus does, but Jesus only has the power to deliver. Mammon will keep promising to you, it's going to be okay, I've got you, make more of me, work harder, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. But it will keep delivering you the worries of this world. Maybe even that is the thing. God, my heart, honestly, on the idol of my heart, I have put money there. On the idol, I don't know what your prayer is. Lust is there. The things that are choking out, the things, and we got to deal with it like a rock in our shoe. But just treat it like that. We're not counting weeds tonight. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't you go counting your weeds. Don't you go counting your weeds. No, no, no. This isn't, you to, this isn't for you to walk out of here and feel bad. You're just going to go, get up. Thank you, Jesus. I see. Come on, give God some praise. Go, get out. Thank you, Jesus. I see. So with just want to do i just want to do one thing because what we're going to do this is what i want you to do because we've got two more songs right so in these last two songs you're going to do this process with god so you're going to go to god yeah you're going to sing the lyrics you're going to worship hard you're going to have fun with the band and everything but at the same time you're going to have your own prayer moment before god and you're just going to say lord created me a pure heart you desire to hear god's word and 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 mark 4 it just talks about it gets choked out by these things And so as you're doing that, here's what I believe. What I believe is that heaven is already open and God's word is close and God's going to go, thank you, I got you. And I believe that God will show you your future. I believe you will see pictures, visions, prophecy, your future in Him, how you're called by Him, how you're created by Him, His destiny for your life. I know that, man, woo, my heart's been oxidized. Man, it was, it, was, it, it was starving and it could barely breathe. And now, ah, it's just breathing in the breath of the Holy Spirit. But before we do that, with every head bowed and every eye closed, our heart stores the most precious thing. And your heart is the most precious thing you have. And God wants to be in relationship with you. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't preach without giving you an opportunity to make your life right with God. So there might be three different kinds of people in the room. There might be the first type of person is, this is a new environment to you and you've never made a decision to invite Jesus into your life. But you've got a sense tonight that He is real and that He wants relationship with you and you desire to respond and invite Him into your heart. And in a moment, all together, this whole room, we're going to pray a prayer of faith together that makes your life right with God. So that's the first kind of person. The second kind of person is someone that has made that decision before, but for any number of reasons which really don't matter right now, you know that your life is not where it should be with God. And in this atmosphere tonight, you are making a premeditated decision that you're going to pray this prayer of faith for real. I know when I was going through hard times, I prayed this prayer many times. So if that's you, the second kind of person, you're just like, yes, I want to rededicate my life. I want to re-invite Jesus in my heart. The third type of person is someone that's really, you, you might have a fear of what might happen if you die. Jesus is our assurance of salvation. 
And you shouldn't live a single day in fear of what might happen in the afterlife. You want the assurance found in Christ that Jesus is the way to the Father in heaven. And so if I can just have the house lights up just a little bit and every head bowed and every eye closed, because I want to acknowledge your hand before heaven. And I believe that as you lift up your hand, when I say that you're one of these people that are going to respond, I believe that heaven will see it and acknowledge it. And I know that God's getting ready to throw a party for you tonight. So if you're here in this place, if you're like, yeah, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus for the first time. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus or I want the full assurance of salvation because I doubt it. Raise your hand nice and high with nobody looking around. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I'm not counting to boast. I'm counting to give you courage. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. There's, I don't, there might be 50 hands lifted up in this room. Come on, somebody give God some praise. Amen. You can put your hands down. That's incredible. So what we're going to do, here's what we're going to do, is we're going to all stand to our feet and we're going to pray this prayer together. You can do that now. Now, after we pray this prayer, though, before you leave tonight, you've got to do me a favor. Pastor Ryan asked me to say this. There is a card, and on that card, there is a box that says that you are somebody that's responding to Jesus. You're someone that's inviting Jesus into your heart. Can you please fill that card out? The River team just really desire to give you a quick follow-up call in the next couple of days. And they're so diligent with this, just to see how you're going, to pray with you, just to love on you. And what you're going to do is you're going to take that card and on your way out at the connections counter, you're just going to leave it there. That's it. All right. We're not going to spam you or stalk you or anything like that. Jesus is the one stalking you right now. And so, uh, but we're, we're going to pray as a whole community, a picture of heaven, this prayer of faith. And we're going to stand with all these people, whatever their story is, about this amazing decision that they're making tonight. So let's pray this with faith after me. Say this. Say, dear Jesus... I thank you that you died on a cross for me. Forgive me of my sin. Make me new and help me follow you as my father and I'll be your child. Be my savior. Be my Lord. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise. Amen. Amen.